Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of games, uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off, plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 215. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. It's been a while. How have you, how you been? It's It has been a while. <laughs> Work's been a little bit too busy for me to make an appearance on here, so I'm happy to be uh, to be back for tonight. 
Well, I had to make some, uh, I had to pull some strings, make some calls, tell them, listen, Matt is needed for this podcast. <laughs> it, this, this Air Force thing is just not that important. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm doing my part. I tried to pull rank, but uh, they just laughed. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. Yeah. So uh, this episode, we've got a few things that we're going to cover. We'll talk a little bit about the medical updates, some COVID updates. Uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the fact that the Canadians are going to talk to three, uh, three women for the GM position. And then we'll get into the Pittsburgh game along with Ducharme and Petrie's comments. So we'll just start off with the medical update. Gallagher and Niku are now back off of the COVID protocol list. Uh, Ducharme said that they're going to get back up to game speed and they're expecting Galley to be ready sometime around Saturday. Niku perhaps that day, maybe the following game. Uh, Dvorak, his lower body injury is now classified as indefinite. Um, so that's bad news for him. It looks like it's it's a lot worse than they first expected. I guess with swelling down and stuff, they probably had another another check. Doesn't look good. And uh, Anderson, he is now listed as eight weeks from the second of December. So sometime during the. Uh, the Olympic break, he should be back. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably after the Olympic break, if they even yeah. go to the Olympics. Yeah, and that's another question. Are they still going to take that break even if they don't go? Yeah. Well, they'll probably they're, they're they'll probably just have some sort of all star break. I, I'm I'm sure they've got some sort of scheduling in there if they do and if they don't and, and obviously with the COVID cases which is something obviously we're going to get into yeah um you know skyrocketing across the league right now it's it's not the best time of the year that it's going to happen we all know it's going to happen this time of the year it's the same thing that happened last year but um it's not a good situation and right now there's already players that have voiced their concerns about COVID and about isolation and um uh, quarantining in China and, and everything like that up to yeah. uh, three to. F- yeah. Three to five weeks. So three to five weeks quarantined that. Uh, Pretty that big chunk of the season, uh, especially when it's that time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and they're, they're doing that without pay. So if they don't go, they'll decide by January 10th, we'll have the final decision. If they don't go, uh, they've got that that gap in the schedule already done. So all these games that are being canceled right now, that's a good time to put them back in so that everyone can get their games in. But that's only for the teams that have been canceled. So not everyone will be playing. Some teams will get a little bit of a break. That could be a positive for some teams, especially teams with a lot of injuries. <laughs> it seems it seems that every time that you open up Twitter or open Facebook or anything or you read anything to do with the Canadians this season, it's it's injury related news. That just seems, always someone. That, that just seems to be what it is. And to lose Dvorak to Foley, Anderson, Gallagher, et cetera, all within a few we you know within a week. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so, it's hard it's it's hard to be uh 
it's hard to be angry at this team right now for the performance that they've put on the ice because you're not yelling at an NHL team right now. Well, you think about it the, right now, as of right now, we're recording the 15th of December. You have two full lines that could be considered second lines on their own right. So to Foley, Dvorak, Gallagher, who's yeah. now just coming back, Byron, Evans, and Anderson. Then on defense, Petrie just came back, played his first game. But you have Weber, Edmondson, Niku, who is back, but will take some time. And Weidman is gone now because his wife is having a baby. So you've got two full pairs, two full lines, and your starting goaltender and price all gone. Yeah. Now, no team is going to do well missing half its roster. Yeah. they literally have 57% of their cap tied up in long-term injury reserve. That's not a good recipe for success. No, it's not. And you look at, like, there's a lot of people that are still freaking out about, and there's a lot of, uh, say, non-Montreal fans that are opening their fucking apps when it comes to the Canadians' record this year, saying, oh, well, this team went to the final and everything like that. (laughs) Much different team. Much different team, and I'm not even talking about the the bodies that are that were on that team that are now not on the Canadians. You're looking at a, you're looking at an NHL roster with an NHL starting goaltender compared to you know an AHL team with some NHLers thrown in there. Yeah, with 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 Jake Allen as a starter, and I'm not throwing Jake Allen under the bus. Most of these wins have not, or most of these losses have not been on him. No, no, he's done his part. And it's, it's clear that last season, Bergeron shot a shot, took his, took his chance, got them to the cup final, and then did a, a, a patch up job trying to tread water this season. And that just did not do well. So he's left Gorton a bit of a mess. He's got like a lot can, of contracts to I, clean up. I, I do agree that it was a bit of a patch job, you know, bringing in just some, some of the signings were a little bit questionable. Like Savard, maybe, you know, bringing a guy like Paquette, who's really done nothing with the team. Um, you know, Perot's shown some flashes here and there, but I kind of agree. It's been a little bit like other better players were out there. Let's just say that. Sure. I don't have an issue with bringing in guys on one year uh, league minimum deals. You're just filling roster spots at this point. The the problem I have is we haven't even seen the team that Bergevin put together as a whole. (laughs) No, we haven't. Right. So who knows what they would look like if, price was starting if weber was still playing etc and right now we're not gonna know i doubt i doubt this season we're gonna see that at all no no there's definitely not going to be a full roster this year yeah. it does not look that way right now um, it's, it's it's more or less you're looking at the roster that's currently on the ice you're looking at the nhl players and you're wondering who's gonna who's gonna get the trigger pulled on them first yeah. And at, and at the rate the injuries are happening, Gorton or whoever this GM is going to be better start making some phone calls and at least trying to gauge a little bit of interest 
because who knows of a guy like Sherratt, who's most likely their top commodity right now, is the next one to go down with injury. Yeah, you, you want to get a deal done as quick as possible so that you can get your maximum return yeah. before he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all these injuries do hurt Gorton's possible plans. Like to me, it looks like they're going to be going into a rebuild. They're going to, they're off. They're going to offload some contracts. So guys like Gallagher, Petrie, all these guys that have been hurt for a long term. It's hard to showcase them. Absolutely. But it's, it's, it's hard to showcase. It's hard to showcase anybody right now. And it's hard for the uh, current VP of hockey operations, Jeff Gordon, to even look at the team and evaluate what he has. Cause he is taking his time. He's looking at everything that's going on. He's evaluating They're They're apparently not even going to interview any GMs until after Christmas. So they're still putting together their lists of possible candidates. Yeah. So he's got a lot of evaluation to do before he even brings a GM in to ask them, pertinent questions about what their plan would be with this group. Like, eh, just does not look good. <laughs> wow. It's uh, yeah. And we're at the point now where the team has to start finding a different purpose because it's not playoffs. No. So what do you focus on? You focus on playing for pride in each game. Do your best. Yeah, put in that all, effort that's all they can do that's all they can do and like the the fans have to understand that i think the fans would um give some give some leeway if in the game you could say they gave their best effort i mean clearly they'd be outmatched but if they gave their best effort made a made a showing won a game here and there to break up the seven game losing streak. Yeah. <laughs> Fans would, would accept that knowing that there, there's some kind of a rebuild going on. It, it's, I think they could do that, yeah. but no one's going to announce anything until after the GM is signed. Absolutely. Now, and we, and we already know that it doesn't matter how many games they've lost to Sharm's job is safe, at least for this year. Well, is it though? I mean, you, you watch, you watch what they've been doing. Like uh, we'll get into that in a little we'll bit. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the next, the next thing we're still talking about the GMs. So part of the, the committee, their plan is to interview at least three females for the GM role. Now there's been some names bandied about uh, Menoreo, Kim Sankyaev, and Emini Castongi, do you have any preference on them? Do you have any thoughts on them, or do you have another name? I can't say I have any real preference. I, I, I'm 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 happy, and I'm a little bit excited that they're going to even consider a woman at this, it, 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 especially in a position of the GM role, and especially yeah. in a market that's so big and it, it, with the Montreal Canadiens. And um, if that's the case, it seems that it's very clear that they're looking to have Gorton as kind of uh, very much so the, the right-hand man to the GM. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not really appearing that 
that they're looking to bring in somebody with um, years and years of hockey ops experience. It doesn't seem like it's a requirement right now. Well, they, they did mention in the interviews, like Gordon mentioned it, it, the experience in hockey ops isn't necessarily what they're looking for. They're looking for people with executive experience yeah. with, uh, with other outside experiences that they could build on. It seems like they're really, they're really looking to lean on Gordon in his, in his, yes. in his um, previous roles and his previous experience to kind of guide this individual forward. Um, if it happens that they, they bring in a woman, it is, it is what it is. I'd be, it would be, a, it would be a first in the NHL. Um, you gotta, you gotta understand. There's still a, um, assistant GM or assistant GMs uh, positions available. There's two right now with, uh, yeah. with um, Timmons Melody. being gone and Melody. Yes. Yeah. So I, I can see it. I can see them bringing in somebody, and um, I know that there's going to be some people that are going to see it in a very negative way. And they're going to say they're doing this for PR. They're doing this to try to clean up mess from the Mayo pick. They're well, gonna, you know, they're um, They're going to, you know, that that's going to happen. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I hope they bring in the right people for the job. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I do feel that this is partly a PR stunt, partly. there's no doubt that they want to show the world that, Hey, we learned our lesson. We're going to be a little bit more proactive, but the names that are being bandied about, they're not nothing names in hockey. Not at all. Not at all. These are, these are actually. They're established. uh, They're they're established hockey personnel. Yeah. I feel that Emily Castonguay might have a leg up on the other two that have been named simply because she is the, uh, she's an agent. Mm -hmm. So she already has, experience with negotiations with uh with player identification and uh and talent uh, talent and skill scouting she's got a little bit of that but menor has been doing a little bit of that uh that scouting side of it for ncaa teams out of quebec and kim sankyat has been an executive in other companies and she's got hockey experience she's in the hall of fame for god's sakes so I don't think any of them would be a poor choice <clears throat> at the very least. I think any three, well, Rayom and St. Pierre specifically would be excellent choices for the assistant GM in charge of development, which I think is an extremely important job, yeah. especially now with that being Gorton's main focus. It's, it's, it's really hard to say without knowing who these people are that they're, that they're talking about. It's very difficult because there's, yeah. there's, there's um, a lot of names that are out there. There's, there's, there's Kent Hughes, there's Patrick Waugh, there is et cetera, et cetera. Pierre there Maguire. Is, yeah, yeah, there's Pierre <laughs> Maguire, there's Martin Madden, there's yeah. uh, Matthew Darsh, et cetera. There's, there's a lot out there. Yeah, and I would put, um, I would probably put Kent, uh, Kent Hughes at the forefront. He seems to like I read up on him, and he's he's got a, he's got a um, impressive resume. It'd be I find it be difficult for him to leave an agency that he has built. He's the managing yeah. partner; it's his agency. Yeah, 
I have a hard time thinking that he would leave that unless he was offered like something extremely lucrative. Mm-hmm. And being a GM of an original six team, the Montreal Canadiens, his hometown, I think that would be that carrot dangled in front of him that would possibly make him think about it. Like my first pick would have been Brodeur, but he's already backed out. Yes. And then there's Daniel Briere as well, who they've already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. He's a possibility. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be exciting for the next little bit. And you know, but you know whoever they bring in, man, woman, experience, no experience, you know, likes dogs, doesn't like dogs, whatever. <laughs> um they're going to be scrutinized from day one from the decisions that they've made. Yeah. As long as they speak French and they have a Quebecois name, they'll be fine for the first week. Yeah. After that, after, after that though, gloves are off. Yep. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll move on from that. We'll go to the Pittsburgh game. So the Canadians lost shocker. I know five to two. <laughs> um, the Penguins had pretty much had control throughout that game. I mean, the first period, the Canadians did fairly well in puck possession. Uh, it was back and forth. The second period, Pittsburgh dominated. The Canadians were absolutely lucky to come out of that period only down 3-2. They, they, had a, they, they had this big five-on-three penalty kill and it just didn't seem to provide any momentum. Yelonen got his first NHL goal, a beauty. <clears throat> and the third period, the Canadians actually did well. They, they controlled puck possession for about 70% of the time, but they couldn't stop a beach ball through the rest of that period. So they lost. Um, really one line really stood out to me, and that was the the um, Drouin Yelonen. Um, uh, what I can't is remember it, his name. Is it Dauphin? Dauphin. There we go. Thank you. I had a brain fart. Yeah, that line actually did very well. Dauphin. He he would go in the corners, retrieve pucks. Uh, Drouin would create offensive opportunities. Yelonen was was very solid defensively. He had good speed. He 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 read the plays that Drouin was creating well, and they created some uh, some scoring opportunities with Yelonen burying that long distance shot, and it was a nice shot. So that that bodes well for the future. The Paling Caulfield pairing, um, Paling had some issues defensively. He made some errors. But offensively, he was creating space. He was opening up those little gaps that Caulfield loves to jump into to take his shots from. And it was working. They didn't score, but they had a few chances. And that's a, that's a pairing that I would like to see moving forward. Um, Romanov was third on the team in... Uh, in ice time at 20 minutes and 36 seconds. And he played very well on the penalty kill. He was really good on five on five. He, he made a couple of small errors, but he was able to rectify them. 
Um, the Caulfield, the Caulfield Hoffman pairing on the power play. We've been, we've been complaining about this for a while. And I guess, uh, I guess Ducharme listens to the show. He has to, why now? He must. Any, he, any, any tips he can get, he may as well get from us. Right. <laughs> so he, he paired them up on the power play and he left them out for a good amount of time, almost the entire power play. And it looked good. They, they had puck possession in the zone. They had a few opportunities, but some of the passes to Caulfield were a little bit out of his reach or in his feet. So it, it's, it's a timing thing. These guys will get it there, but the fact that they were able to create offensive opportunities, hold puck possession, keep it in that zone, that, that bodes well. These are these little things that you got to look for for these moral victories right now because that's all you have as a Canadians fan. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, no, and nobody else got injured. No. <laughs> now, <laughs> this game brought out some, uh, some frustrations. So after the game, Jeff Petrie made a couple of quotes that have been circulating around uh, Montreal media, and it caused a little bit of a stir through the day. Now, one of the quotes, and we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, Petrie said, it's frustrating. It's the same things over and over. We're not playing as a team. We're not playing as a group. It's like you're searching to find where people are. It seems like there's no structure out there. That is a massive red flag and slap in the face to Ducharme. Like to me, that's a red flag on communication and the coaching. What do you think? I think he took a quote directly from one of our shows, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Because it's something that we've been saying throughout the year, throughout the slump, throughout um, this injury plague season. They lose players. They, even before they started losing some of these guys, it would just seem that the players were really going through the motions. You know, passes couldn't be made. They couldn't defend, they couldn't set up on the power play, they couldn't kill penalties, et cetera, et cetera. And for a guy like Petrie, who right now is, for all intents and purposes, him and Sherrod are the guys leading the way on the blue line with uh, with guys like Weber and Evanson no longer around, and um, really a, a veteran role on the team. So for a guy like that, who has now signed an extension, who has been one of the Canadians more or most reliable defensemen since his time there for him to, him to come out and kind of speak the way that he did. Yeah. You can tell that the guy's not very happy, but his performance this season has been nothing really to be excited about either. No, no, he, and he's he clearly can, frustrated. And he can talk about he can talk about systems all he wants and talk about structure or lack thereof. But is it is is the structure everything that you're gonna blame this on or some of this personal performance or possibly playing through injury, which we still don't know about, but seeing that he just missed some time, 
there's very there's a very good chance that he's probably he probably was playing through some injury. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have said, well, this is a bit of a, you know, Petrie throwing the coach under the bus. But two weeks ago, after the Canadians lost to Buffalo, uh, Ducharme at, in his post-game press conference said, you're in the NHL. You should be able to make plays. They don't have to be plays that end up on the plays of the week, but just efficient, intelligent, well-executed plays. As soon as we get away from that, like I've said, there's no system that can make up for that. So he's Ducharme a couple of weeks back is basically laying the blame on the players saying, it's not my system. It's them. They need to, they need to execute. Two weeks later, Petrie comes out and says, there doesn't seem to be a system. Yeah. This is where that disconnect yeah. with the communication comes into play. Yeah. Uh, and, and Petrie, uh, he was sitting up in the press box for about a week or two and he was watching the games and, you know, Romanov did the same thing for a game, came back, completely different player. Petrie, sitting up in the press box, he was asked about that. And in the post-game press conference, he said, you watch it up top and there's times where you're scratching your head. It feels like everybody knows where we should be, but we're not going to those places. We're not making it easy for anybody on the ice most of the time, except for the other team. Coming from a veteran player, like that's yeah. not it's not something you want to hear. No, no, he's he's flat out saying this system doesn't work. I don't see what the system is. Nobody can get to it. Uh, Ducharme is not doing his job. This, yeah. That's the undertone that yeah. I get. And, from and, and there's been some people even before Ducharme was hired as the as the as the coach, or when he was hired as the head coach the interim tag was taken off, et cetera, and signed to an extension, et cetera, that were very wary and were, were not behind that coaching decision. And uh, like Treggs, I know Treggs one of them. He is not a, uh, yeah, he is no. not, he, right? he is not a fan of Ducharme. And it, it kind of seems to me that Ducharme is playing a system that is better reserved for a, a major junior team. Or a team that's stacked with skilled type players, like and a team where, like Tampa and, Bay. But that's Colorado. where he came from. Like that's he right. knew, like he he came from a team in Halifax that had a stacked roster, that's and right. then he, he was in the World Juniors program again, stacked rosters, etc. And then he takes over for, and I know, yes, he was an assistant coach under Julian, but. He takes over for a more defensive-oriented coach who had a much different roster than what we have right now, and he's trying to implement the system into a team that was our, that was more or less built to defend but be able to turn over pucks, quick strike offense, et cetera. Don't have this anymore. No. And, the, and the systems that he's trying to employ right now they're not working. And we've been saying that all the year and they look there's, there's at least once in a game, if not more, usually more, especially lately that there is extended periods of play in the defensive zone. And the other team can just willingly change up lines, do whatever the hell they want. And usually the puck ends up in the back of the net. I don't even want to go through the amount of, 
four goal, five goal, six goal games that the Canadians have let up this year. Yeah. And as I said in the opening, this is not all on Jake Allen or Montembeau or Primo, whoever the hell is going to end up being in net that day. Whatever is going on um, behind the bench, changes have to be made. And, you know, I made the comment that Gordon said that his his job would be secure for the end of the year. I would say very likely that that's no longer the case. If if um, players are starting to speak out like this, if, if publicly, we, publicly, it's obviously like Chantal Maccabee has already said. You know, is this the uh, is this the way Jeff Petrie leaves Montreal? Well. Right. I wouldn't so. be surprised if Petrie is being shopped, but at the same time, even if he were sent away, this this is an indictment on Ducharme. Do you want yeah, him around yeah. the youth? Do you want no. him no. <clears throat> guiding these guys? Because you mentioned the defensive zone coverage that the Canadians have been lacking. There were long periods of time in that, uh, that Pittsburgh Penguins game. If you played the Benny Hill theme song, while they were in their own zone, it really fit. Yeah. They would just be chasing the puck, chasing the puck. They're always behind the play. There's, there was no system. The only thing that I've pulled from a positive from all these injuries this season, especially on the defensive side, is Romanov has had to really fast track his own development. And we've seen a much different player than last year. And it's yeah. not the it's not just the big hits. It's yes, he's made some he's made some uh, he's had some faults, but he's jumping up in the play more, and he's timing some of these hits a hell of a lot better than what he did the years prior. And it just seems that he's got more drive, and he's he's being given some of these tougher minutes and tougher matchups. Well, they kind of have to. Yeah, but another that's, and that's big one. Thing is... That's one positive I pulled out of this. And with his big hits, he's not taking himself out of the play either. No. That, that's a major, major uh, thing to watch for. Like it, With Enlin, it was all about the hit. He yeah. would <laughs> recklessly go for the hit, and he'd yeah. take himself out of the play. Yeah. Whereas Romanov, he picks his spots. Yeah. With Enlin... His hip was out when the other guy was at his at the far blue line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I know, I know, he's coming this way. <laughs> but Romanov is actually playing a physical game, laying those big, heavy hits, yeah. staying in the play. But it's also it's having an intimidation factor added to his game because players are keeping their head up when they're going down his wing, and they're definitely not wanting to be the first ones into the corner. They're letting him go in first. Exactly. That that's a big thing, especially for a guy like Romanov who can handle the puck well, be given that little extra space. We've seen how it's it's helping him because he's able to make that first pass. Yeah. But back to coaching. Yeah. Um, there are teams that are going to have vacancies. There yeah. are some French speaking coaches available. Some belong to other teams right now. And there's been names that have been thrown out there. There's been the name Patrick Roy, again, for either a coach or for GM or anything. And uh, we'll, you know, we won't get really into that right yet. I'm just going to throw out the names, though. 
uh, Jim Montgomery, St. Louis. Yeah, but is he francophone? He speaks French. He huh? is not. He is not. Um, I'm thinking back when Dallas went to the final. He did respond to some questions in French. He is not the prototypical francophone. Which is probably why it wouldn't work. Right, but he does speak some French. Alain Vigneault. No. All right, I'm just going to throw his Hard name pass. out there. All right, I'm just going to throw his name pass. out there, but he's out there. Don't say Tarion. I'm not going to say Tarion because I do not I do not want Tarion. But of all the coaches that are available right now that are, let's just say, um, ex-Canadians coaches, Vigneault is the is the leading candidate to well he's that's it's his turn on the rotation exactly um benoit grew with tampa that would be another one that would be another one if if they if they wanted to if they could say pry him out of that organization um but this is a guy that um never had the opportunity at the nhl level and it might be the chance might be his opportunity and he likely won't because john cooper's going to be there for a while Guru has been with Tampa since 2016. Um, he he would he's got more modern ideas when it comes to uh, five on five play, power play, uh, penalty kill. You, you, he's following a lot of the same systems that Tampa is doing, but he's implementing some things in his on his own yeah. with Syracuse, yeah. which is something you like to see because if you yeah. can have a coach that um, that can match the philosophy at the NHL level, it's a smoother transition for that player. That's going to jump up into the big club. That's right. And I, he's got a lot of experience working with younger players, having coached junior, having been in the AHL for so long, um, developing a lot of NHL players for Tampa Bay. So he would be someone that I would trust with the younger guys. And it's not just about giving them more ice time. It's about placing him in roles. So the game against Pittsburgh, Caulfield finally got his power play time, but he was playing on the third line. He ended up with about 16 minutes. To me, that's okay. That that If the Canadians had a couple more power plays, his time would have been up a little higher. So it's all about role. It's all about putting him in areas that he can succeed. I think that's where Guru would do well. Ducharme seems to be having some difficulties with in-game adjustments, with actually adjusting between games, because Petrie seems to point out that the system is completely flawed and that the players just don't seem to understand it. Yeah. So another thing I'll throw, I'll throw out practice today. Yeah. We had our media skating as a defenseman with Corey Schooneman. Which clearly points to the fact that he is not going to play in the game on Saturday night. It sure isn't looking that way. Or tomorrow night against Philly. Tomorrow, tomorrow night against Philly, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not it's definitely not looking that way. No. And honestly, it's about time. He has been underwhelming. He un- has he's been underwhelming. He has looked pretty bad this year for a guy yeah. that uh definitely showed some flash last year and got the contract um extension. And this year he's just been a, like most players on this team, have been really a shadow of their former selves. You you yeah. look at, you look by, like we talked about Petrie, he's got two points this year. 
two points this year in 26 games, and Armia's got five points in 28 games with one goal. One goal. Yeah. One goal, and he's been given top six time. He has. Power play time. Yeah. It's, it's unfathomable how little these guys are producing. And it's not necessarily just on them, but the whole team. Offensively, just can't seem to score. Defensively, they can't seem to stop the stop the puck going in the net. And Ducharme has even said that Jake Allen's look is starting to look tired. I wonder why. Well, I mean, you're the head coach; you pick the starter. That's right. So 20, why he, start, he started twenty three games? Yeah. So and why picked not out five play? out of five out of six of their wins? That's right, five out of six. Yeah, in thirty games. Six wins in 30 games. They only had three overtime losses out of that, too. Yeah. And three um, of those wins that he has are shutouts. <laughs> no, two of them are shutouts. Two of them are shutouts. Yeah. 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 So play why not play Montembo? Like is it really gonna make that big of a difference? You just lost five two last night to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Had Montembo been in the net, maybe it was seven two. Is that really that big of a difference? Yeah. At this point right now, it's just you can't even say you're showcasing players. You can't no. say that like you're you are literally you were literally icing a team because you're obligated to ice a team for that night. And at and least it, half it, this it, team would be it, in Laval right now. It, yes, and it really seems that that's the case. It's just we're here, we're in Pittsburgh, we're in Philly, we're in fucking wherever. We need to we need to put guys on the ice to to fill spots. And this is what this is the team that we're gonna we're gonna throw out there. Had had you seen the lineup that played against Pittsburgh in a preseason lineup, you would be thinking, eh, yeah, that's not much. That's right. But it's not. This is this is a Montreal Canadiens roster playing a NHL roster. Yep. And it's 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 so frustrating because you you want to stick behind your team and you want to cheer and you wanted this and you wanted that you still want to see the team win you still want to see them do well and then there's so many unknowns and we've brought up a few of them already who's going to be the GM who's going to break go into player development who's going to be the other assistant GMs who's going to be the new coach because I think it's going to happen. Um, what kind of coach are they bringing in? Who are the assistants going to be? Are any of the assistants going to be back? Who's going to get traded? Who's coming back next year? How's the draft going to look? Is Logan Mayer going to be back and still be with the organization, let alone be back playing in January when he's able to go for reinstatement? Um, are they going to look to try to fast track any players into the, into the lineup guys like Gooley, who's likely going to be the captain of team Canada. Are they going to be able to sign Jordan Harris? There are so many questions right now, you know, are they going to like the, the, the whole thing with the draft, everybody's saying, you know, shite for right or whatever the hell hashtag you want to use. And there's no guarantee you win that lottery. either. Exactly. There's only an 18% chance you win exactly. if you're dead last. Yeah. 18%. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying tank, 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 you know, Petrie's driving the tank, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been a lot of funny memes about that, but 
there's so much unknown right now towards this team and around this team that some positive news would be welcoming. And for me, what I'm looking forward to the most, um, even though he didn't make the team, is the the development of Joshua Roy and in his and uh, how he's been playing. Hopefully, he sees this as a you know he's going to see it obviously as a negative as chip on his shoulder. Right. Yeah, use that, <clears throat> use that, and continue playing hard like he has been this year. And then you got Gooley, who is a lock going in who, in my opinion, likely is going to be the captain. Use that to take the next step forward. You're playing on a much stronger team now with the Oil Kings. You're going to be with some of your teammates and uh, neighbors, Gunther and Casa. Use this time to get to know the, your, to get to know the guys, get that much stronger, and, uh, and take the next step. Was, they're probably going to be calling them next year. It, it's, which is all, all well and good. And it's, all of that is to say this is a team in transition. But yes. um, in the meantime, with a, it's it's great to look at, look ahead and say, hey, what are we going to get at the draft? Look at our young prospects that we're developing. That's all well and good. But for right now, you don't want your team to fall into the Buffalo Sabres trap. No, of, they can't. They cannot of do that. Accepting losing. No, they cannot do that. It is going to, especially with the younger players on the team, you do not want to see that happen to Suzuki, who just signed a massive deal. You've got Caulfield, who you're trying to develop. You've got Romanov. You want to be able to bring these guys back. Yeah. You you don't want these guys to be, um, especially the guys with the RFA status, you don't want to sit there and be on the negotiating table and, and these guys sitting out just for the fact that they don't want to play for this damn team anymore. Yeah, you don't want you don't want a losing mentality sinking yeah. into people in the in the dressing room. Yeah. There, there was a <clears throat> the Canadians had that one season a couple of years back where they just missed the playoffs. They had ninety six points and they just missed the playoffs. It was disappointing, sad, but at the same time, you knew that those guys gave everything they yes. had and they did not accept losing. Then you had last season the group of guys, you know, they had a hard time in the regular season, but they stepped up in the playoffs. And now this year we're not seeing that if, no. if they, even if they lose the fact that they, they lose with effort versus just going through the motions. Yeah. You want to see the team play with some passion. Then that way you don't have this toxic losing mentality that, permeated buffalo for years right the, the the problem is right now is a lot of the players that say that play with passion are guys that are out of the lineup and they don't have a voice on the bench they don't have a voice in the locker room and i think there's 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 clearly some tension from players to to um players to coach i'm not i'm, I'm, not, I'm even not going to say coach is i'm gonna say head coach yeah. And, uh, and and right now there's there's so many questions and like we talk about the draft and the and the the percentage of getting the number one overall pick. You don't want say if they take a chain right. And Shane Wright's already spoken about possibly being picked by the Canadians and he was very positive about it. Um, do you really want to bring this kid in in this kind of mentality with this kind of coach with this kind of this with this kind of that? And 
expect him to jump into a top six role right away. They have a lot of stuff to fix before you can put a player of that caliber in a position to succeed. Yeah. This and it's if 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 they continue to play the way that they are, employ the people that they are, and not make any not make any smart decisions like use the RFAs you have or the UFAs you have, get as many assets as you can, you know, draft smart UFAs, et cetera, use your cap wisely, et cetera. All, all Shane Wright would be, was be, would be look at our shiny new toy or shiny new, like, look, you know what I mean? Like look at our shiny new player. Yeah. Let's sell some jerseys. Let's this, let's that. Is he going to be the guy that's going to be able to drive the boat forward? I'm sure he'd be, I'm sure he'd do well, but it's not going to, he wouldn't do it alone. No, this is not something that's going to turn around just after this year. This is something that's going to take a couple of years before it gets better. This year is going to be painful as fuck. Yeah. And next year, probably going to hurt a bit, but not as much. And that's when things are going to start to turn around. We need to give Gordon and whoever's going to be the GM some leeway here. And that's why I feel like they may have to make that coaching change much sooner to bring in someone they feel can get more out of their players just so that they could be put on a better show that they can say, Hey, we are lacking some skill, but we're trying really hard. We're putting on a good show, but look at our young guys. Yeah. They're making some mistakes, but it's not mistakes from lack of effort. It's just mistakes of lack of experience and that'll come. And I think fans could accept that. So uh, I think that does it for the show. Uh, Did you have any final thoughts? For me, the only thing I want to say is it's good to be back on the show. I've been, I've been waiting for you with bated breath. (laughs) It's good to be back. Um, Another thing I'll throw out there really quick as we record, as you said, um, it's December 15th. There is only five days left to get your shirts from 514 shirts for Habs Unfiltered shirts. Um, they're available in t-shirts and long sleeve, available in multi, you know, different colors. If you're watching on YouTube right now, um, Blaine is wearing one at this moment. 100% of proceeds, and I mean 100% of proceeds, are going to be donated to Vets Canada. It's something that um, we've partnered with 51 Shirts with, and we're very excited about it. And it's... Um, this collaboration has been something that's been really great. It's something that we've really uh, uh, pushed forward to try to sell as many of these things as possible. As I said, we are not getting any money from this whatsoever. This is 100% going to veterans. Um, Blaine and I both serve. Uh, we served for quite a few years and uh, we want to do everything we can to help our brothers and sisters in arms. Yeah. Between the three of us, me, you and Treg, uh, we are well above 60 years. I think I take up about half of that between the three of us, but we're well above 60 years of service. So we all know people who have come and gone, who've some who have fallen through the cracks. And that's, and I know the people at Vets Canada, Jim and Debbie Lowther, 
do amazing work and they really, really caring people. And they, they built this uh, charity because they wanted to help. Jim was looking for something to do to help fellow veterans, which at the same time he was doing to help himself because he wanted to feel like he was making a difference in something. Cause when you get out of the forces, you lose that, that sense of belonging, that sense that your job makes a difference in some way. So he, he did, he did it for that reason, partially, partially to help because he had friends that had fallen through the cracks and they built an incredible organization that does amazing work. And I am very proud to know these people and to provide some help in whatever way we can. So yes, please buy as many shirts as you can. <laughs> um, if you don't want to buy a shirt, absolutely fine. Totally understand. Uh, but if you're looking for a charity to donate to, donate to Vets Canada, please. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we're in the holiday season now. Uh, I wanted to, We're a little bit late, but I wanted to wish a happy Hanukkah to our, our Jewish listeners. Um, Christmas is coming around the corner. We're in, we're in Advent, so, you know get into that Christmas spirit, everybody, you know, just things are getting kind of hard here uh, with the pandemic. So try and be patient with each other. That's, that's the best we can ask. So uh, I want to thank you all for listening again. um, You guys make this fun. You make it great. Oh, also we are doing a giveaway with boxing rock puck off beer. If you follow our YouTube channel, there's a video check it out. It gives all the rules and regulations that you need to follow to win your own 12 box of puck off beer. We are giving that away to our fans this week. So check out the YouTube channel, Habs Unfiltered, find out how you can win. Do it. We want to give away beer. We want to give you beer. It's free. Take it. Uh, So again, thank you for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Abs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, Go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, HABS Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.